And now it's time for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, featuring health news, opinion, and insight from Wesley Chapel's concierge medicine physician, Dr. Tommy McElroy. And thank you for joining us today. This is the Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm Dr. Tommy McElroy. And uh, I was at a, a meeting the other night, and we were talking to uh, I was talking to some uh, networking associates, and they were asking me about concierge medicine. What is concierge medicine? And I said it's a you know it's membership medicine. It's medicine where the the patient and the doctor have a direct relationship. There's no uh, limitations on the amount of visits you can have. There's no limitations on um, really the services you provide because it's it's paid for by the uh, patient rather than the insurance companies. There's no coding necessary. But then I started thinking about it. It's like, you know, this is a tough thing to market because it takes a long time to explain it. So I'm I'm very happy to have today on the show is Michael Tatro, who is the editor-in-chief of Concierge Medicine Today. And he's going to talk to us something, about, talk to us about marketing uh, for Concierge Medicine Direct Care. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And what a great topic to talk about. So uh, what are the differences between concierge medicine and direct care you think that makes it different to market than let's say regular health care? Well, um, taking those two brand name terms uh, that have come into popularity over the last, you know, really DPC in the last probably four or five years in concierge medicine since the mid-90s, these are two membership medicine delivery models in the free market healthcare delivery space in across America and slowly moving into the UK as well as Canada. And um, really what makes these medical practices different is that they operate in a, a membership way uh, that you interact as a patient with your physician. And this is, as we've talked with several you know, hundreds of physicians over the years, what makes these models difficult to market is that a lot of, is the business training that physicians are not equipped with when they leave medical school. They know how to treat conditions and, and do many wonderful life-saving uh, things, but the but the business side of medicine is not something that is taught. So do you find that the doctors then, once you start talking to them about the business side, do they pick it up rather quick or are they kind of hesitant to even uh, broach that topic? You know, for the last couple of years in my conversations with uh, consultants in this industry and who help doctors move into concierge and, and direct primary care, we've been trying to, you know, in in theory and in in uh, conversations say, what is that X factor that makes one of these doctors successful? And one of the things that makes them successful is that they are cautiously concerned. They're cautiously concerned among, among their, about their numbers. They're cautiously concerned about um, how many hours uh, per day they're going to work, how many um, patients they, they want to see, they can see per day. Um, they worry about those things. So they're the, the worried well. And I, see, I don't see any physician practices in the membership medicine space as an umbrella term for both business models. I don't see the cautiously concerned physicians struggle as much as I do the ones who don't worry about their business and don't worry about what their price point is. Those that do worry about those things or are concerned about those things and always pressing and wondering, what do I need to do next? Those are the ones that go from good to great even quicker in this membership medicine model. So the, so the ones that are drawn to membership medicine, maybe they already have that kind of a uh, that entrepreneurial spirit built into them anyway, and so they they take to it rather easily. Yes. I mean, we've spoken with uh, several doctors who said, 
you know, I'm so glad I raised my rates, uh, or I'm so glad that I moved into this. It allows me to be able to research conditions that um, I was never able to have the time for. Now, granted, one of the common misconceptions is, oh, if I become a membership medicine doctor, I'm just going to have all the time in the world to spend with my family and buy expensive things, and that's just not true. The first and foremost, and as you know, uh, you know, every physician who moves into this membership medicine model always does it on behalf of their patients because they're tired, they're burned out, they need a new career path. And concierge medicine and direct primary care and some of the others uh, provide that outlet. They provide that career rescue for several physicians. And if they have that entrepreneurial spirit, they will do well. And if they go search for a mentor, a coach, a, a business coach, if they go find a good, qualified, you know, reliable accountant, um, if they have a a supportive spouse in this, uh, you know, in there working with them. I talked with a doctor in North Carolina the other day. He said, my, my spouse and my office manager were my first two patients. And that's how it should be. You know, you need mm-hmm. believers and supporters behind you. Um, there's another doctor who, you know, he went the DIY approach and did not go with a, a consultancy to help move into this. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, he's, he's a pull himself up by the bootstraps kind of guy and said, I love the, I, I love the business side of healthcare. And my wife, she's a, uh, an attorney. And so she's going to help with that. And we're all in man. And she, he's, to this day, he's still doing very, very well in his community. But again, it's to, to really be a successful doctor in, in this space, in membership medicine, regardless of what brand you adopt to, whether it be DPC or concierge, you know, we tell doctors to be proud of, of what you do and be proud of, of the, the, the nameplate that's on the door. I spoke with a doctor out in California last July, and she said, you know, what if we've looked at doing like what the what the Catholic did uh, a couple of years ago where they released this big PR campaign and said, look, us as primary care and family medicine doctors, we have really let you down as a patient and consumer audience. We are sorry that the wait times have been 45 minutes. We are apologize. So one of the ways that we want to do better is by moving into one of these new healthcare delivery models that will allow us to spend more time. And so when doctors start thinking like that and they put that that head on and and that, you know, mantle of authority and leadership and creativity, uh these models allow for them to be creative. Uh one of the just fun, you know, polling uh, online polls we did among our concierge physician readers was we asked them what time does a concierge doctor get up in the morning and how many hours per day do you work? And you'd be surprised. And, and uh, you know, many of your, your listeners may be surprised, but it certainly did not come as a surprise to us. You work just as many hours today as a concierge physician or as a direct primary care physician as you did in your previous practice, you know, which was more, you know, hamster wheel type healthcare. Actually and, work more. Yeah, in, in some, but it's, it's, it's a better way to practice. Yes. You know, it's funny. I was talking with Dr. Josh Umber of Atlas MD, and he was talking about there's a, a new terminology amongst the uh, insurance-based doctors called pajama time. And that's the time that the doctors spend at home in insurance-based model doing catch-up work on their notes because they saw 45 patients that day. And I thought that was funny because I do pajama time too, uh, but it's not working on notes necessarily. It's building, uh, you know, 
incre- uh, improving my website, thinking of new marketing ideas. And so I'm actually doing more work now than I used to do, but it's more work to invest in the practice, not just to click a bunch of thousand boxes off and make sure that uh, I got the right payment. And it's more fulfilling. I mean, I have not Absolutely. talked to a doctor who, I mean, there's there's every, every now and then we hear from a doctor who says, I couldn't make a go of it, or the HMOs in my area just were are too saturated in, the, in this market and the demographic of what I'm trying to do won't work. Um, we don't hear those stories very often. They're, they're more common than you might think. And a lot mm-hmm. of it has to do with, you know, capitalization of your practice. And, you know, we had a doctor in, I think here in Georgia say, save your pennies because this is going to be a difficult 18 months. Um, uh, but to stay, you know, positive and upbeat, there's so many wonderful things that a doctor can do to grow his practice. Um, you know, and it really is all about, you and you as a physician and whether you're you know male or female old or young uh it is about you selling yourself to your local community and that community shouldn't really be more than about five or ten miles wide around your practice so just draw that circle and that's who you need to attract um working you know there's more often than not, even if you go to DPC Journal, you'll find all kinds of doctors working with and joining their chamber of commerces. And those chamber of commerces will offer a, a launch event for you. And, you know, in some cases, um, so there's all kinds of ways to get out there and support your local community. Even Costco, for example, uh, has a, a business networking. And I don't know if this is done at every Costco, but I know of a couple. Um, so I would assume that it could be a, at a Costco or a Sam's Club or something like that in your area, uh, wherever your listeners are are headed. But uh, they have a business networking lunch, and you know it's it's every Tuesday at eight o'clock and uh, once a month. And you know anybody from the screen printing and embroidery uh, person down the street to a physician is very rarely there. I mean, how great would that be if you take up? Uh, if you attend one of those meetings and you get up and do your 60-second elevator pitch to a group of local business owners, for that one does screen printing and embroidery, another one has the RV that goes around to the Chick-fil-A's and the the Burger Kings and does um, you know video games uh, for birthday parties and and whatnot, to the VP of Kodak, you know, has been at those meetings that I've been at. And you know, what happened to Kodak, by the way? But uh, anyway, I mean, imagine if you got up there with your elevator pitch and talked about membership medicine and what the benefit is to your local community. I mean, the amount of of people that are going to come up to you afterwards, that's an untapped market is these local business networking lunches. And if you just do a little bit of Googling on the Internet, you can probably attend and have free breakfast every single day of the week. And what we encourage and and tell and coach doctors to do is pick one, maybe every other week or one once a week and just attend one or two, you know, two different ones. And what you'll find is there's going to be some overlap of, of people. The the same person you saw at the Costco one is probably the same person you're going to find at at some other acronym um, business networking event. But that those things take time and you've got to nurture and plant those seeds in the, um, minds and, and hearts of people that you're talking to, because eventually it's going to turn up, you know, three to six months later. And it's not one of those things where you attend once and you set it and forget it and be like, well, it didn't turn into any patients. Uh, that's mm-hmm. really not how you need to approach it, as I'm sure you would attest to yeah. as well. 
Yeah, they say the marketing the marketing people say it takes seven to eleven touches, meaning that you have to have contact or they have to have contact with your product seven to eleven times before someone buys a product. So that's again, like you said, you can't just set it and forget it. You have to constantly nurture it. I have a marketing consultant, Robin Hatfield, with Just Small Biz Tampa, and she says you're not trying to hunt, you're trying to plant seeds. So you're not trying to go out there and hunt. Uh, clients or customers, you're trying to plant seeds and then grow them. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is this is uh, Ask Dr. Thomas Show, and I'm on with Michael Tatro. And when we return, we'll talk a little bit more specifics about you know what type of consultants should you hire, and then maybe some specific strategies that are different that you can try if you're not already trying it out there. And then finally, we'll talk about the transition if you're out there and you want to transition out of uh, insurance-based medicine into membership medicine. How do you do that? And this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and we'll be right back. Hi there, this is Dr. Tommy McElroy. You didn't go to medical school so you could fill out paperwork. Got into medicine because you wanted to help people. You want to make a difference. You want to heal and connect with your patients. Atlas MD is the EMR that will help you get to where you always wanted to go. Learn how to transition your practice to direct care and learn more about Atlas MD EMR at atlas.md. That's A-T-L-A-S dot M-D. And this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and I'm on with Michael Tatro, and we're talking about marketing uh, membership medicine, which is direct care and concierge medicine, an umbrella term for those two entities. And uh, we're talking a little bit about marketing uh, before is the different things you should try on your own. What are some, if you're looking for help, some consultants that people should look look to? Well, uh, one of the first things that we hear from doctors who have kind of been there and done that from a marketing perspective is don't hire a patient who has uh, who's done a couple of websites or has a marketing company. That's usually not the best route to go and has never really been um, something that they would advise other physicians who have, you know, who are needing marketing assistance is to hire one of their patients to do that because, you know, then you kind of get into that financial tension. Um, right. And that's, that's first and foremost. And then you don't know necessarily, okay, you've known the said patient for several years and you think that they have done a couple of great websites for a couple of restaurants. Well, that marketing person really needs to understand what you are all about. And so really not even necessarily looking for a marketing or SEO person or somebody who can design a website is not who these physicians need. What they're telling mm-hmm. us that they need is, you know, more or less like a almost a PR company or an ad agency that, mm-hmm. you know, and you might think, oh, okay, big dollars, you know, <laughs> that's, that's not me. That will never happen. That's only for those those practices that have like 17 concierge doctors and those group clinics and specialists. And and really that's not the case. You can find um, local consultants in your area who understand public relations. They understand that it's going to take hustle to make one of these membership medicine practices work. Because if we look at the subscription-based business models outside of healthcare, the Netflix, the, the Amazon Primes, the um, Uber and you know Lyft and all those types of new modern uh, forms of consumer subscription models, we're finding that there's a new way to, to market yourself. And you've got to have and want to look for a partner in marketing 
that will partner with you for a good maybe six, at least six months, if not 12 or 18 months or longer, that you've got something out there that's always being planted in the minds of your local community. They need to understand SEO. Yes, that's important. They need to understand social media, Facebook. I don't know if I would necessarily um, recommend that physicians have Twitter because you can it, it can be a time vacuum. Um, mm-hmm. And not necessarily all that productive and sometimes lead physicians into into troubled waters. But really, we've asked and we actually had a poll on both of our uh, several of our websites for our physician readers to start the conversation. And we asked them what form of marketing is most productive when trying to attract new membership medicine patients to your practice. And so this this crosses the border of both DPC and concierge. And one of the most attractive things that attracts new patients is not word of mouth. It is online reviews. It is letters with brochure. It is hiring and actually number one on the list, number one on the list, hiring a marketing and PR company. That's what led to that's that's the number one way that most people most of the physicians who have already been there and done that in this space over the last mm-hmm. several years have said that's the number one way to attract more patients. Now, word of mouth is always a very popular one, but it's actually number 5 on the list. And the reason for that is how are you going to get to word of mouth? You've got to start somewhere. And I'm a big right. believer. I read something years ago and we've shared it with several physicians over the years and I'll share it with you and um it's called the cricket theory of marketing, and it was uh, I read it about it from a, a Atlanta ad agency here in town, uh, and one of the things that it, it's kind of humorous, and it says, you know, we've all been kept up at night by those crickets, and they're so annoying, right? Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, you wake up in the morning and you're like, wow, that cricket! Did you hear that cricket last night? And they're like, oh yeah. So the the whole point of that is. The cricket theory of marketing is make as much noise in the dark times when nobody else is talking so mm-hmm. that people will remember you when it's daytime and when it's light outside. That's and so idea. just kind of letting that set with you, it's there's going to be a lot of times where you're not just going to always talk about membership medicine, membership medicine, I, here's what I do, here's my fees. No, that, mm-hmm. is, that is the wrong way to approach your local marketing. And really what you should be doing is looking at writing letters to your you know, small-town business heralds, your small-town newspapers, you know, saying, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I do unique family medicine testing. I have a new piece of equipment. Or, hey, if you need somebody to contribute to a health-related article about diabetes, I'm here. I'm a physician. I'm ready to help You know, be a contributor in a, a quote form or be your healthcare expert. These small-town newspapers, these Milton County Heralds and, and so on, those are the places where people read cover to cover. You know, the, those uh, newspapers you get on the the bottom of your driveway that uh, you know are wrapped in plastic that have the all the DUIs in it, or who got the DUIs in their local county, is and who stole the high school war eagle. You know, those mm-hmm. are the newspapers that people read cover to cover. Another really cool thing um, is utilizing your local pharmacy and walking in there as a physician and saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm Doctor So and So. Here's ten of my business cards," and you meet the pharmacists at the local. Walgreens at the local CVS, and you I start developing a relationship with them. There was one mm-hmm. physician, she, she did that exact same thing in her area, and she said about a week later, I got a call, and the, the same pharmacist said, can you drop off a few more cards? Because <laughs> we ran oh, out. You know, um, financial advisors, we talked about that earlier. Financial advisors are 
understand, and they're always looking for new innovative ways to save their clients' money. So talking to your local financial advisors, your CFPs in your local community is another way. Um, having a good letter, having a good brochure about your practice with a good headshot. If you're going to do a business card, put your picture on the business card. Not not one that you've taken as a selfie, but actually one mm-hmm. that you know is a, a modern headshot um, of something of you within the last 18 months. Um, and then, what do you think about seminars? I think seminars have always been um, a very popular way. It can be time intensive, and a lot of people can put too much time into what they're going to say for an hour or what they're going mm-hmm. to talk about for a two-hour or three-hour seminar. Um, mm-hmm. One of the more uh, kind of maybe different way to approach that is if you have a brick-and-mortar practice with, let's say, 2,500 square feet, and you have a conference room, for example, that seats maybe eight or 12 people, you could reach out to your local church and say, hey, if you guys have a divorce recovery, uh, I've got uh, a room that here in my office, you're welcome to hold those divorce recovery programs here at my office. Or if you have, oh. you know, a uh, the local uh, you know, YMCA or something like that has a, a smoking cessation you know, class, and and they said, you know, we're looking for a physician who can come in and be a guest speaker and be like, yeah, I can I can help you with that, or, you know, I can open up my doors and my office manager will be there after hours as you guys talk about diabetes, um, or uh, you know, support group of some kind, uh, struggling with you know some mental health issues. You know, you have it. What better place to have those discussions than in a quiet doctor's office? Uh, surrounded by people you trust. And then as you leave, there's a, you know, you're not sitting there at the front of the door saying, here's a brochure, here's a brochure, thanks for coming. You're not even there in some cases. You're just sitting, Mm -hmm. maybe there's an office manager sitting in the back room and saying, hey, you know, we're going to put some brochures up front. We're not even going to be, we're going to be unnoticed, but our Mm -hmm. facility is what's going to be on show. And so, you know, that's another way, um, aside from spending a lot of time doing town halls and seminars, um, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching people about cooking is another way. But again, these are all things that don't require a lot of money. They require your hustle. They require your time. And just about all of those are things that you don't see in insurance-based medicine because insurance-based medicine, you don't really have to. They're all, you know, they're a captive audience. They have to come to you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, long gone are the days where we just close our eyes, have a big directory in front of us, and point and shoot and hope that mm-hmm. we've chosen the right doctor. There's, you know, for too long, going to a doctor's office has been, you know, very much equated and similar to going to the DMV. Absolutely. We just I made an ad about that, and it was uh, actually I have to put the ending on it, but it's uh, it's a patient and he's sitting in a um, a waiting room, and there's a, all this background noise of people talking and the doctor wondering who's next and this that and the other, and then next thing you know, the last thing the person says is what was your name again, and so that's the kind of you know that's how it works, and then it cuts to us and we're shaking hands and all that, but that is it. It's just like this completely impersonal DMV, you know, social security office, whatever you want to think of as a hellish uh, way to spend your afternoon. Uh, this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We're on with Michael Tetra. We're going to finish up uh, when we come back and talk about some of the things that you can do too from an institutional standpoint of where you could go for resources and uh, learn how to transition. And this is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. We'll be right back. When it comes to promoting a business or service, promotional products can deliver a huge bang for your buck. Blue Dot Promotional Marketing can help you match the right product to your business and budget 
helping you be seen and remembered. Want to make a big impression with your prospects? Call Blue Dot Promotional Marketing at 813-977-1056 or visit bluedotpromos.com. And thank you for joining us again. This is Ask Dr. Tommy Show, and uh, we're talking about marketing membership medicine with Michael Tatro. And I just wanted to, you know, some of the resources that I'm aware of is um, one of them is uh, Atlas MD. Atlas MD is an EMR program, uh, and it also act, is also a uh, family medicine uh, direct care in Wichita, Kansas. And it also has a free um, consult service for physicians, and they actually have a whole curriculum online. So if you go to Atlas dot md uh, you can learn about their uh, emr which we have just started using and i can tell you from my experience so far it's um, improvement over my previous emr which was designed for health insurance practices by about one thousand percent uh cuts out a lot of the clutter of meaningful use it cuts out a lot of the not a lot of it cuts out all the clutter of meaningful use and it cuts out a lot of these uh, little extra steps that you have to take it's very intuitive um, and I, I highly recommend uh, Atlas MD, at least for doctors who are looking to try to learn more about it. And uh, I would also recommend, obviously, Michael Tatro has got a whole uh, publications uh, galore and the Docpreneur Institute. And, Michael, what, what are some of your recommendations? Uh, yeah, well, I'm a big believer that leaders are readers. And so you need to consume as much information as possible, even if you're already a veteran in this industry or you're a new one a new physician exploring a possible career change and thinking about starting one of these in your local community. I would say that the United States Small Business Administration, uh, SBA.gov, is a place that you need to understand what the state laws are, but also talk to a qualified attorney who understands um, memberships and membership business models, but also membership healthcare delivery models um, in your local area. I think that um, if you you should learn and find out about as many um, demographical statistics in your uh, five to ten mile radius or in your county as possible, uh, there are a bunch of employment stats at the United States Bureau of Labor and Statistics. That's bls.gov. Um, there's also we have a pretty much more or less a distance learning and um, incubator mentoring and coaching calls uh, that. Uh, several physicians participate in called the Docpreneur Institute. You can go to thedocpreneur.org. We have a bunch of MP3s, um, books that we recommend that not only we have authored, but others have authored at docpreneurpress.org. I think that the Bureau of Labor Statistics um, also has an overview on pay and benefits. I think that if you're hiring staff, you need to understand – from a business perspective, what uh, some of the labor laws are uh, and what the pay wages are for your area, that is bls.gov again, and then you can type in the word, the keyword wages. Uh, there's also physician and industry conferences uh, that are very uh, helpful to help resource and educate you as a physician as a veteran or as a, as a, as a relatively new to the space, um, the American College of Private Physicians, I believe, is acpp.md. Mm-hmm. And there's also the American Academy of Private Physicians, which is aapp.org. And then there's Docs for Patient Care. 
right. you can Google that, and I believe that there's the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons. That's another great resource. So there's plenty of resources out there. There's a few books I would encourage any physician, regardless of your skill level in concierge medicine or even if you're in direct primary care as well, um, there's a book called Visioneering. Uh, it's, uh, just go to Amazon. It's out there. I would encourage you to, to read that. That is a wonderful book to help kind of guide where you want your career to go. Um, How, Who Moved My Cheese is also another great book. That's an old leadership book. Anything um, by John Maxwell is also a wonderful uh, resource tool for you. It's important to not just read articles and stories and, you know, things about this particular industry, but learn as much as you can about businesses that are maybe similar to yours. So Mm -hmm. if we're looking at what other free market businesses are out there, read stuff about what's going on in craft beer and what's happening Mm -hmm. in those industries. Uh, Read about what's going on with Tesla. Uh, We can talk more about that on another day. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe that, uh, you know, there are so many wonderful resources out there that there's not just a a one-stop shop. And one of the things, if you want to really go from good to great and keep that hustle and keep motivated and search for new ideas, uh, it is going to take you doing this. I would recommend another book called um, The Nordstrom Way, and that is essentially how Nordstrom is really, really great at providing great customer service. Um, Read anything about Ritz-Carlton. I would suggest you read those types of books. This applies to no matter what your price point is. If you're a direct primary care doctor who charges $45 a month or you're a concierge doctor who charges $125 per month, these books are resourceful tools that will help you and give you inspirational nuggets to continue moving forward because you're not alone. There are so many physicians out there who are fighting this same battle and trying to, you know, get into the hearts and minds of their local community. And what works for you may not work for the other, may not be working for other people. So really develop your own success story. And that's why membership medicine is so great is because it allows you to be creative. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's a learning experience every day. And I've learned a lot in just this podcast alone that I didn't already know from you. And, uh, and I think that's what's important, too, is it's a constant learning experience. They say medicine's a constant learning experience, which it is, but concierge medicine's a constant learning experience and membership medicine in general because it's, a, it's an evolving business model. Uh, a couple other ones that I just thought of while you were talking is IamDirectCare.com. That's a, uh, a way to go find out about direct care from a both patient perspective and physician perspective about what it, basically what it is. If you don't, if you're not uh, initiated, and then one more that I that I used when I was just starting my business a uh, long time ago, well, not a long time ago, four years ago, but uh, it's called SCORE. It's Service Corps of Retired Executives, and it's SCORE.org, and that's a national website. And then they'll have uh, local chapters, but they'll they'll give you information about, like Michael was saying earlier, about uh, zip codes uh, and how how to find out what the demographics are of the zip code. Uh, some basics about, you know, coupled like with the small business uh, association, those types of things that kind of get you uh, get your feet wet without having to uh, spend a lot of money. Some things that you can learn on your own, how to incorporate, you know, how to find a, a qualified accountant, like uh, you were saying, and how to find a good attorney. So all those things are part of, you know business in general. And if you're starting a membership medicine practice, you're starting it, not joining one that's already started. That's what you're going to have to do. 
you have one thing coming up that uh, you, you have a conference coming up in Atlanta, and then you have another one in August. Tell us about that. Yeah, the conference next week is actually May 24th, and it's at the Cobb Galleria, uh, which is a very large venue. And we have uh, partnered with the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, which hosts several events throughout the year, and they bring in employee benefit managers, CEOs, uh, all business uh, business types and business executives, business leadership. And we felt as though that the conversation uh, late last, early mid last year, we thought that the conversation needed to be taken about membership medicine, free market healthcare delivery, concierge medicine, and direct primary care. Those conversations needed to start happening kneecap to kneecap, face to face, with businesses and employers. And so, what better way to bring in some of the uh, industry experts who are more or less looking into the future of membership medicine models and seeing what is the possible future for employers partnering with physicians in their local area. So we're going to talk about that next Tuesday, uh, I believe from about 3.30 to about 5.30 uh, at the Cobb Galleria here in Atlanta, Georgia. And you can find more information about that um, at directprimarycare.com or conciergemedicinetoday.org and just type in the keyword IHC or click on the events tab. And then in August, we have uh, the Concierge Medicine Assembly. This is our third annual uh, concierge medicine assembly and the theme for this year is what great doctors do. We found that in concierge medicine in particular and there will be uh, a conversation about direct primary care but we found that in concierge medicine in particular that they are early adopters of two things and that is and you'll, I'm sure you'll attest to this early adoption in concierge medicine usually revolves around testing and technology. They're looking for new testing equipment to purchase or insert into their practice, and they're also looking for new pieces of technology that can enhance the patient-physician relationship. Now, that does not mean, you know, email me more or, you know, it means secure records, it means healthcare mobile apps, it means uh, something that might be connected to your computer, to your monitor, uh, to your smartphone that will help the physician uh, be able to better communicate and help you as a patient. So that is coming up in uh, August uh, 12 and 13 here in Atlanta, Georgia. You can go to conciergemedicineassembly.com to learn more about that. And we have um, a couple of great keynotes. We have uh, Dr. Congressman uh, Tom Price, MD. Uh, he was with us last year and talked a lot about what's going on in Washington and uh, how free market healthcare is uh, being delivered in certain areas and what uh, some of the laws are coming uh, down the pike and possibly coming down the pike uh, and what are is currently out there that you might not be aware of. Uh, we've got Dan Hecht, who is former CEO uh, in leadership at MDVIP, is also former leadership uh, in executive at Procter & Gamble. Uh, we have uh, going to talk about specialty concierge medicine. We're going to be talking about group-based concierge medicine practices. We have uh, both a, a representative from the American Academy of Private Physicians coming. We have a representative uh, coming from the American College of Private Physicians. So we really want to show physicians who are tire-kicking the industry and looking for a new career path and give them as much information and intelligence um, from industry veterans and experts in the field 
field that can show them how to go from good to great. And certainly direct primary care is uh, another business model that we're going to be talking about in there, but it will not be intensive. Uh, But we encourage everybody who wants to learn and who has an open mind about their brand and who wants to reach out and help their patients in their local community to attend this and find out what great doctors do. And that is uh, probably the best bang for your buck. If you're going to, if you're trying to get into this and you want to just be immersed, uh, that's the way to just, just to immerse yourself and go to the conference and you will leave there with a very good idea. Are you going forward or are you not going forward? Um, thank you so much for coming on. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, we're gonna have to, I'm going to have to go back and listen and take notes because there's so many different things that I haven't even been aware of. And I'm sure our listeners are not aware of as well. And uh, thank again for coming on and uh, giving us your insight, Michael. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. And um, I and I encourage you to go out and to the Docpreneur Institute and also Concierge Medicine Today and all the different things we talked about because all these things are out there available to you to uh, to help yourself uh, learn more about it, whether you're a patient or a doctor or even a business leader. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Ask Dr. Tommy Show. Uh, we encourage you to listen at AskDrTommy.com, and also we're on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and then also we have a new little uh, link off for the Ask Dr. Tommy Show. It says Physicians, and if you click on Physicians, it'll give you a little message out there if you're the ones that are out there trying to get out of the insurance-based medicine world and want to try something different. Uh, we offer free consultation locally here in the Central Florida. And uh, But until next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today. For more show news and information, go to AskDrTommy.com and be sure to follow Dr. Tommy on Facebook at Echelon Health and on Twitter at Tampa Direct Care. To learn more about Echelon Health Concierge Medicine Practice, visit Echelon Health online at TampaDirectCare.com.